The unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt did not attend some KKK princess event. Holy cow. If you want to see the very worst of social media and the very worst of people and the desire that people have to be angry and hateful and spiteful and bigoted, well, it was never more present than it was today. The question, of course, is why would anybody actually want to look at that stuff? What's the point? What's the point with looking at that stuff? What's the point with being on social media? What is the value of taking a look at what they're doing on on, on Twitter and saying, hmm, I got to pay attention when it is, of course, a lie? By the way, who is the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? Well, let me get into that. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Parlor, Instagram, Twitter, Tony Katz, and of course, TonyKatz.com for the podcast. Support the show that way. Uh, her name is Ellie Kemper, and she's an actress, and she's an actress from the show The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. It's a show from Tina Fey, Mean Girls, former Saturday Night Live, and it's 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 there on, on Netflix. And as the story goes... There are photos of her, Ellie Kemper, um, at the age of 19, at something called the Veiled Prophet Ball. Now I know what you're saying. Oh, Tony. Oh, Tony, young man. Young man. Handsome fellow that you are. Uh, but, uh, I don't know what the Veiled Prophet Ball is, but it, it doesn't sound good. I had never heard of the Veiled Prophet Ball. Ball, I had to look it up here. I'll do it with you. Veiled Prophet Ball. If you listen to people on social media, it's some kind of KKK event. It is a debutante ball held in December by the Veiled Prophet organization starting in 1878. But for whatever reason... It came off as, well, this is a KKK ball. I don't know if it is or it isn't. I'm looking around. I'm trying to get the information, and I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily seeing it. But remember, what I'm doing right now, what we did right now, just to, to kind of figure it out, that's based on wanting, you know, facts, Wanting facts is an extremely, extremely important thing. You should want to know what's going on. You should want to have data when you're, when you're looking at a, at, a, at a subject so you can handle it properly. Now, Elizabeth Claire Kemper was indeed the, the, the queen of this thing, or the princess of this thing. Uh, queen, I guess it is. In 1989, or 1999, in 1999. But I have not seen anything where it says it's some association with the KKK. So how in this world, how in the world did this come uh, to be? Well, that's what social media does. Social media says, hey, we're going to, go with a with a plan. We're going to go with an idea. We're going to go with an attack vehicle, an attack mechanism, and see what we can get out of it. Social media doesn't worry about facts, logical reasons. Social media doesn't worry about common sense. Now, I can argue that there are other people out there not worrying about common sense at all. You have got people who are very unhappy 
that people who aren't vaccinating are under attack. And they're right. There's If you don't want to vaccinate for COVID, don't. I, I'm, I'm not here to, to yell at you or scream at you. All that's kind of ridiculous. Just crazy as can be. But if people who are not vaccinated, they shouldn't be attacked or they shouldn't be demeaned. Stop it. Don't be silly. Well, a Tennessee hat shop has decided to sell stick-on patches for people who are not vaccinated. It says not vaccinated, and it's a yellow patch. It says not vaccinated, and it's yellow. Oh, you know where it's going? You know where I'm going? Yeah, you can't stop it. It's going to come. It's going to come. It's going to punch you right in the face, and it's shaped in the shape of a Jewish star. That's, that's what they decided to do. Listen, it's wrong that you're seeing people not vaccinated get attacked or yelled at or told you can't go into a restaurant. It is not the same as what happened to the Jews in 1939. Stop it. This is a great example of people not knowing history. Everything's got to connect to something else. You see, everything. Marjorie Taylor Greene was wrong when she made a comparison to Nazi Germany. And Representative Ocasio-Cortez was wrong when she called what was happening at the southern border concentration camps. The difference is they want to vilify Marjorie Taylor Greene and they somehow laud uh, Ocasio-Cortez when Ocasio-Cortez hangs out with actual anti-Semites. Rashida Tlaib, Jeremy Corbyn, this is a woman who associates with Jew haters. So we should say so. We should say so clearly and, and, and effortlessly. Just as we should say, hey, if you're making a yellow Jewish star patch to somehow say that the plight of people who are not vaccinated is, is, is akin uh, to Jews in Nazi Germany, uh, you're wrong and you should stop. That's what the rational mind does. The rational mind looks at a picture of an actress and says, well, wait a second, what is this organization? And then you find that it's not the KKK. It's, a, it, uh, it's an exclusive organization that supposedly has its own issues. Again, I'm not an expert, but not a conversation or connectivity to the KKK. There is nothing connecting it. So here's the question. Why are we attacking Ellie Kemper, the actress? Why, wh- why did she or how did she come into this, this, this being? Of, of being vilified. And that is where you learn exactly how awful, how terrible, how miserable the world of social media is and how desperate, desperate people can be. I can remember being on the streets of San Francisco in 2007, 2008, I was at what was known at the time as a vlogger conference. Video blogging was referred to as vlogging back in the day. V-L-O-G-G-I-N-G. You just didn't, you, it wasn't a YouTuber. You didn't make video. You were a vlogger. And I it was a bar, and I can't remember the name of the bar. And I will admit, in San Francisco, I, I only remember two places with any type of uh, uh, joy in terms of food. Hana Zen, which was a sushi restaurant, which at the time was exceptional. I don't know now. I don't even know if it's there now. And the other one is the Chieftain, which is a great bar that had excellent lamb burgers. Oh, so good. And I can remember being at the, the doorway of this bar and talking to a guy whose name I won't use. I can remember his name. I can call him up today. And he was saying, then, 
you know, people talk about the idea of identity theft. Identity theft is is nothing. Wait until you see reputation theft. And I said, what do you mean? And they said, wait until they can emulate every single part of you. Wait until they can emulate you online and your mannerisms and, and, and your patterns and they can steal your entire reputation and change who you are. And I said, son of a gun. That's insane. That's called a futurist and holy cow. Why go after Ellie Kemper? I don't have um, an, an, an idea. I don't have the slightest clue how this could come to be. But it did. How is it that people can say, hey, we're getting a, you know yelled at because we're not vaccinated. We'll compare it to Nazi Germany. I don't know, but they do. You see, in the case of the latter, it's it's about a bad thought process. It is, guys. It's a bad thought process. You know it. I know it. We all know it. It's unquestionable. Don't be silly. Don't be ridiculous. It's just bad thinking from bad minds who didn't see it all the way to the end. I once saw, holy crap, I once saw. It was, it was a, a television commercial for a mattress store. And they were running this ad on September 11th. I, I swear to you, this is true. You can search it yourself. And the mattress store, a person in front talking, and they had two piles high of mattresses. And at the end of the commercial, they, I don't know, somebody ran into it, walked into it, pushed it. They pushed down the two piles of mattresses. This was for September 11th. And they said, we will never forget. It's the Twin Towers coming down, piles of mattresses. There's absolutely no way, no possible way, a real live human being allowed that to happen. It's impossible. First, somebody had to think of the idea and didn't correct themselves. Then they had to say the idea to another human being and still didn't correct themselves and the other people didn't correct them. Then they had to write out a script and nobody corrected them. Then they had to hire a videographer and get the cameras and get the lighting and nobody corrected them. Then they had to stack up the piles of mattresses and nobody corrected them. Then they had to shoot the video and nobody corrected them. And Lord, what happens if they got a bad take? They had to do another take and nobody corrected them and they didn't correct themselves. And then they all took a look at the edited product and no one corrected them and no one corrected themselves. And then they said, you know what? Let's play it. And they sent it to some television station and no one corrected them. Do you know how many things had to go wrong for that to make it to TV or or to get that video published? Somebody had to click, you know, publish. And it happened. And it happened. That's insane. Insane. Well, the same thing here. The same thing with these patches. These patches are an extremely bad idea. Just so you're clear. As for what happened with Ellie Kemper... Well, the bad idea here is you would see something on social media and you'd believe it. The bad idea here is that you would see something on social media and you'd say, yep, that's true. 
or you'd share it in an instant without checking it first. You got to check. You got to double check. You have to recheck and check again. This is what's incumbent upon you as a rational member of society. Because social media has proven it is the worst of the worst of the worst. And they want to be. They're desperate to be. They need to be. They strive to be. Ellie Kemper, you couldn't pick her out of a lineup. What in the world are you going after her for? Test run? Because they could? Because one person made a mistake and it's like the game of telephone? Social media is a dumpster fire and it's your job to check everything. Do not believe only headlines. I'm Tony Katz. This Idaho mask story is the best. The best story going. Finally, a report about an actual fight in the Republican Party. That's an actual fight in the Republican Party. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Such a pleasure, guys. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. So you have Governor Brad Little, Republican governor of Idaho. And he goes to the Republican Governors Association Conference in Nashville. So he's out of town. Who's in charge? Lieutenant Governor Janice McEachin. MC, capital G-E-A-C-H-I-N. Also a Republican. The problem is, they don't like each other. Janice McEachin is running against Governor Little, challenging him in the 2022 gubernatorial primary. Right? So it's on. It is on. He leaves to go to this convention. He's like, hey, I have important governor things to do. Just try not to break anything till I get back. And she sees him out and and just in that kind of Machiavellian style, right? The fingertips kind of meet and rock on each other. She goes, I'll see what I can break. <laughs> I'm assuming that's how she laughs. And what does she do? She drops the mask mandate. She blocks mask orders by signing an executive order at the local and school level saying that masks have done, quote, significant physical, mental, social, and economic harm. The governor, a Republican, gets back and is like, say what? And the next thing you know, he rescinds her order. So the Republican governor of Idaho had to rescind an order that put masks back on the people of Idaho. He referred to it as an irresponsible, self-serving political stunt that amounts to tyranny. Oh, come on. I don't care who you are. That's a good political fight right there. Two men enter. One man leads. Two men enter. One man leads. Two men enter. One man leads. That's really good. That's really, really good. So now, I mean, that's going to be one of the great, like, primary races in the country. What's going on in Idaho? That's going to be huge. And Idaho, of course, has been growing because you've got Oregonians who are like, Oregon sucks. Well, no, Oregon's awesome, but Portland sucks, and they control Oregon, and we don't want to be controlled by Portland because Portland sucks. Portlandia, more like no thanks to you. See what I did there? That was pretty good. Was it? <laughs> Fred Armisen, you're not the only one. 
I mean, they're, they're trying to break away. They're trying to be a part of Idaho. And Idaho's been like, yeah, we'd be cool with that. But how are you going to get the federal government to go about this? How are you going to get Oregon to agree to, to let you go? Uh, there's, there's some issues with this plan. There are like five counties in Oregon that want to break away and become part of greater Idaho. I think Idaho would be happy to have them, personally. At least they've shown that. But now you've got this fight? Can you imagine that this is where we are in 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 the fight? I think I think that's absolutely terrific. And we already know, oh, I'm going to get more into this. Masks, they don't stop COVID. Masks don't stop COVID. OMG, are you kidding me right now? I am not. They don't they don't masks don't have an effect. The data is out. It is clear. This isn't, I'm not engaging any level of, of, of reactionary anything. I'm simply stating what, it, what, is, what is factual. And what is factual is that masks don't stop COVID-19. They can stop other things. They may very well stop the flu. Unless, of course, you've got uh, the flu being diagnosed as COVID. And that's why you don't have many flu cases right now. But stopping COVID, it doesn't work that way. So getting rid of mask mandates is a good idea. And I think this is true for all parents. No, I can't say that because I I know some parents who are still all about their kid wearing a mask. If you think people are going to send their kids to school next year wearing a mask, you're out of your head. Out of your head. That's not happening. They're not going to do it. I will not be sending my kids to school wearing a mask. I don't actually care what the school says. Look, if I have to, they'll be done with the school. Screw them. But what I'd rather do is sue the school. See, I'm up for the fight. I'd rather sue people personally and professionally. I'd rather gather 10, 20, 30,000 people or two, 300 people or 20, 30 people, whatever I could gather and say, stop it. I would rather work to get people elected to the school board. I mean, that's where it's at, right? Raise money, get people elected to the local school board. Change the power structure. I'm up for all that before I start pulling my kids. Yeah, it's going to be a fight. I think the lieutenant governor did something pretty funny. We'll see what comes of it. I'm Tony Katz. I have no idea what is going on with the NBA, and I have no idea why people are acting the fool. If you want to say it's COVID-related, you're more than welcome to, but I don't know if you're right because I don't know what's happening here. I have no idea what's going on here. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, and I'm not talking about Kyrie Irving stepping on the Celtics logo, which doesn't move me at all. I could, I, I, it means nothing. I am talking about popcorn being dumped on Russell Westbrook. Then you've got a fan trying to jump onto the court, right, of game four of the 76ers and the Wizards. Then you got people, what, throwing water, water bottles at people? You got, Someone yeah. threw a water bottle at Kyrie Irving. And they spit on Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. They spit on him? They spit on him, and then someone in the crowd in the Grizzlies game was throwing racial slurs at uh, John Morant, who's the star player for the Grizzlies. I have no idea what's going on. 
No idea what's going on. The NBA is out of its head uh, on, on this. So let's at least go through some basics. Fans are back at games. And fans are acting the damn fool at the game. Now, we see this everywhere. We see this in all aspects of life. You're seeing airlines that are no longer going to serve alcohol because people are getting stupid and getting into fights with flight attendants, knocking out the teeth of flight attendants. What's wrong with you? And by the way, I will allow me battle the sexes talk right here. Ladies, if you start a fight with a flight attendant, don't be surprised if a guy stops you. Caught a video of this woman on the street just walking up to some guy twice her size, three times her size, yelling and screaming and pointing at him, and the guy hit her. Now, you could say to me, there's never a reason to hit a woman. Whoa, 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 whoa. Listen to me carefully. I didn't say he should have hit her. I'm asking, why is she yelling at anybody? She's yelling at people because she's been told her whole life, you don't hit a woman, and she sees that as an opportunity to yell at anybody she chooses. Maybe she should learn how to control her damn self. That conversation gets me looks in one of two ways. One, that I'm out of my head insane, and the other is from guys saying, oh, God, I'd love to say that. It's fact. There is a group of, of women out there who believe that because you, you never put your hands on a woman, they could say anything, do anything, and they put themselves in the most violent of situations and act the fool and act violent, and they're like, oh, nothing's going to happen to me. And if something does, they're like, I can't believe they hit me. Damn straight you got hit if you're punching somebody in the face, screaming at them, yelling at them, knocking the teeth out of a flight attendant. What do you think's going to happen? Someone's going to write you poetry? What do you expect? You should expect the worst. But in your whole life, you never actually got the worst. This is why you don't often see this from guys, because they're used to getting punched in the face. This, however, does not apply to what's going on with the NBA. I have no idea what's happening here. No idea. There's a guy yelling racial epithets at, at, at who? Ja? ja Morant. He's the Grizzly star. I know who he is. Why? Because he can. It doesn't make any sense, though. I, oh, you, so you've got one per- But look at... When I say it doesn't make any sense, don't get me wrong. It doesn't make any sense. But, but look at the things. In one situation, you have somebody yelling racial epithets. In another situation, you have someone throwing a bottle of water. And by the way, for people like, oh, it's no big deal, get hit in the eye with a bottle of water. See what happens to your career. Yeah, seriously. It could blind you. It's it's just it's it's in the Philadelphia Eagles fans would throw batteries at players on and, the other team and Santa in in, in 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 snowballs right they're terrible people it's Philadelphia I mean I love Philly but dear gosh the the fanatics are fanatics that's why it's the Philly fanatic uh, then you have the people dumping popcorn on Russell Westbrook and I said at the time and I haven't gotten an answer. Is it possible that someone just dropped their popcorn? No, they had the video. He it was so they malicious. do. Yes. He okay. Was, yeah, they got it. Because I wasn't sure. And if you tell me that it was it was purposeful, I'll tell you that's the dumbest. You want to talk about the worst way to go after somebody? Like like you think that's something? Were were you not able to carry all the feathers into the stadium? You're dropping popcorn on somebody. Whatever. I'm surprised he even noticed. Oh, it's, it's, it's right on his head, dude. It's still dumb.
Yeah, oh, he got banned from for life. Screw him. And then you've got a guy jumping on, on, on the court. That doesn't happen that often. Ba- uh, basketball fans are so used to being so close. Right? That there there's a different camaraderie that goes on as opposed to, for example, the streaker in football. So why is this all happening? Let's make the argument that it's COVID-related. People are finally out and about, and they've lost all functionality. They've lost all sense of reason and rationality. They, they're just like, you know what? We'll, we'll act the fool, and it's cool. Are we sure that's it? Now, let's argue, hey, we're not sure, but it's, it's possible. Part of the problem here is that people have forgotten how to be decent. Jim on Twitter is like, well, what about public intoxication? Maybe these people are just drunk out of their face. That's not an excuse. Uh, We're not arguing that it's an excuse. We're saying that that could be uh, one of the causes, and therefore maybe that's something you can do something about. Um. Which which would be a question of were they drinking there at the stadium or were they drunk before they got there? All right. So you can't necessarily blame the, the stadium. And I'm not I don't want to be in the blame of anybody except these people who are acting the damn fool. I don't want to see the NBA. Uh, Ari and I, producer Ari and I were discussing this during the break. What happens when the NBA says, you know what? We have to uh, push people away from courtside. We need glass just like the NHL. I mean, what happens at that moment? That is not an NBA experience. And by the way, you need it now, but you didn't need it for the malice of the palace. Right? You got Ron Artest running into the stands like it's his job. Going after people. Maybe that's when they should have put up the glass to protect the fans from the players. This is all ridiculous. People have forgotten how to act. I got to tell you, the, of course the NBA isn't going to take it. And Silver is going to be right. Silver is going to be 100% correct when he starts moving fans out to protect the players. Ruins it for the rest of us. And it, oh, we're not, we're not saying no, Ari. Of course it's ruining it for the rest of those fans. Absolutely. Remember, remember, remember. The NBA players ruined it for fans when they decided to get political. The NBA fans ruined it for players when they decided to get woke. The NBA ruined it for fans when they wouldn't stand up for Hong Kongers. The NBA has ruined it on several occasions. But for those people who came back, and they aren't bothered by any of those things, when you prevent them from being able to get the full-on visual enjoyment of the game because you want to throw a water bottle like a schmuck, then they're going to say, all oh, these fans. They'll never say, all oh, these players. They'll say, all oh, these fans. But they happen to be right because you're messing it up. Now, this brings us to uh, Naomi Osaka. Tennis player, number two in the world, 2018 U.S. Open winner. Won more money this year than any other or, you know, earned more money this year than any other player. She had said... In, a, in an Instagram message, hey, um, I think doing the press interviews during tournaments totally um, messes with your mind and can sow doubt. So I'm not going to do any press interviews. 
And then she plays, and she wins her first uh, round uh, match, and she doesn't do any press interviews, and the French Open uh, finds her $15,000, and she starts hearing from other Opens that they're going to do the same, and they're going to keep finding her. So she pulls out of the French Open, stating that I think now the best thing for the tournament, the other players in my well-being, is that I withdraw so that everyone can get back to focusing on the tennis going on in Paris. I never wanted to be a distraction, and I accept that my timing was not ideal. And my message could have been clearer. More importantly, I would never trivialize mental health or use the term lightly. The truth is that I have suffered long bouts of depression since the U.S. Open in 2018, and I have had a really hard time coping with that. Okay. 2018 was messed up. And I am one of the people who took a look at uh, Serena Williams' fight with this ref and can make an argument in both cases that the ref could have very well been inaccurate and not having to engage the penalties. But I am not here to excuse the, the viciousness of Serena Williams in basically calling this referee a racist. It's, there, there was absolutely no place for that. None. Zero. But you could make an argument that the ref, even if he saw something that wasn't right, it turns out the ref was correct. All right, let's not do this. Hey, let's not get crazy here. Hey, no, 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 we're not going to find you. Let's no more, no more signals. Let's just get back to playing. Ref's got a lot of latitude there. And there's uh, Osaka having to, 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 to deal with this. And it could have been a thing. Right? She's young, etc. When the New York Times wrote the piece, and remember, it's the New York Times, they're terrible. They wrote, Naomi Osaka quits the French Open after news conference dispute. Producer Ari has issue with this. Because he thinks it's wrong to say that she quit the French Open. I don't think that that's wrong. She did quit the French Open. She said, I'm not going to do these interviews. Well, that's part of the deal. You do interviews after the match. She decided for her mental health, I'm not doing that. The league, the USTA, well, not the US Tennis Association, whatever, the Professional Tennis Association, I don't even know what it's called, said, no, 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 no. We've got a way we do things here. It's about the sport of tennis. Bigger than just you. You do the interviews. Well, I'm not doing the interviews. Okay, you'll be fine. Because we had a setup. We have a deal. You don't want to be part of the deal. You're not part of the deal. Well, the interviews sow doubt and they create mental stress. Okay. But that's not true of everybody. Some people just don't like doing them. So if we, don't, if we say you don't have to do them, well, then everyone's like, all right, I don't do them. Then we have a real problem in promoting our brand. And we set these things up to be able to do just this. And you want those dollars, you want those endorsement deals that comes from our league, you know. This is what you do. No one should be saying, oh, Naomi, Naomi Osaka's making it up. I don't believe she's making it up. Why would I ever say such a thing? I would have zero proof of a thing. But she decided she could single-handedly rewrite the rules. She decided she could rewrite the rules. Marshawn Lynch couldn't rewrite the rules. Running back, Seattle Seahawks. He didn't want to talk to the press. He didn't want to do anything. They're like, well, if you don't show up, we're going to find you. So what did he do? And someone would ask him a question. He'd go, yeah, yeah. And that's what he would do. 
He didn't have to give a real answer. He just had to be there. Even he could not rewrite the rules. And I believe that the world of tennis is correct not to rewrite the rules for her. If she is feeling overwhelmed, if she is feeling mentally unstable, she needs to go take care of herself. Not go about playing tennis the way she wants to with a total disregard for the policies in place. No one should question whether or not she's feeling this way. She says it okay. Go get the help you need. But you ask the entirety of tennis to change for you. Maybe you don't have that kind of pull. Now, maybe tennis will indeed change things. Maybe all sports will indeed change things. Things do change. But if you're not mentally prepared, it's understandable because it happens. You pull out and you get yourself there. You get yourself there to the best of your ability. I certainly hope it all works out for her. I'm Tony Katz. Joe Biden couldn't let a weekend go by without being Joe Biden. And it was so Joe Biden that we, we, we've become totally ignored by it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. I think it's worth a little bit of going back over. Harris-Biden administration. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go. You know the you know the thing. Say it ain't so, Joe. He's there Memorial Day weekends, talking about military families and thanking this one and. That one and the and the, and the other one for for everything they've done and and those in attendance. He's got a a family on stage with them. Oh, he's got the family on stage with them. A little uh, family there and a mom and dad, a couple of couple of kids, and um, and uh, then he uh, gets uh, full on uh, Joe Biden. It's the family members, the caregivers, survivors. Call Virginia home. I'm especially honored to share the stage with Brittany and Jordan and Nathan and Margaret Catherine. I uh, I love those barrettes in her hair, man. I tell you what, I'm looking at her. She looks like she's 19 years old sitting there with her, like a little lady in her legs. Brittany. Um. Um. Yeah, he's a weird dude. He's an inappropriate guy, and it's never, ever going to change. I love those barrettes in your hair, man. First of all, it's a little girl, right? How, how old was this girl? This little kid? She looks like she's 19, sitting there like a little lady with her legs crossed. You can argue that's a function of, of age? It's just, the the history here is just too great. The guy is too odd. You can't just move on. 
Kansas, oh, beautiful family. Oh, what a beautiful family. No, it has to be about the barrettes and the legs crossed and she looks 19. And, uh, if Trump said anything like that, it would be 24-hour news. It would be nothing but a conversation of a misogyny from beginning to end. That's all it would be. Misogyny, misogyny, misogyny. But this was, oh, uh, uh, that Joe, he's such a, he's such a kind grandfatherly fellow. Ah, a little creepy. A little, little, little creepy. Just is. Let's talk Twitter misinformation coming up. This is Tony Katz today.